There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses your stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at The Times. This episode of Right Lane is sponsored by the Scripps Howard Awards. The Scripps Howard Foundation and Right Lane have been collaborating to spotlight some of the nation's best journalism. Today's topic, 20 coronavirus ideas in 20 minutes. Last week, our buddy Al Tompkins from the Pointer Institute gave a special presentation to other buddies from the Society for Features Journalism. Those fine folks all gave permission to share this advice on Right Lane. At Pointer, Al is senior faculty for broadcast and online, and he's been producing the Covering COVID-19 daily newsletter for journalists. You can sign up for it at pointer.org, and we'll include the link with this podcast. It's free. Also, a plug for SFJ, which is offering free membership for 2020 and also offering free training sessions throughout the year. You can sign up at FeaturesJournalism.org slash membership slash how to join hyphenated slash and just ignore the part where it asks for payment. So here is Al's presentation. Thanks, Al. Thanks, SFJ. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Al Tompkins from the Pointer Institute with 20 COVID-19 related story ideas in 20 minutes. All of these ideas you can find in the covering COVID-19 column that I have sent to your email every morning at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. Just go to pointer.org and sign up for the free email. Before I give you these 20 ideas, let me tell you what I think makes for a great story. It's what I call my main motivators. There are eight motivators I've identified. The first five are money, family, health, safety, and community. So any story that touches at least one of these motivators, but preferably more than one, makes the story more interesting. There are at least three other motivators that I rely on. One of them is moral outrage, but the problem with moral outrage is that we don't always agree on what is immoral or what is outrageous or unjust. So that's unreliable, but it can work. Another motivator is curiosity, what I call the coolness factor. The problem with that is, is that journalists aren't always the best judges of what people are curious or interested in. And finally, popular culture or social trending. The problem with that is, we usually can't move fast enough to catch the wave. So the first five motivators, money, family, health, safety, community, are the ones that are always reliable. With that, let's go. Story idea number one, seed companies and seed retailers, big box stores, are running low on garden seeds. Why? Because people are planting their own vegetables. Seed companies say that they have plenty of seed, but they just can't pack and ship fast enough. It's a throwback to what we call the victory gardens from World War I and World War II. At the end of World War II, almost 40% of all the produce consumed in the United States was grown in people's backyards and community gardens. It seems as though COVID-19 and the pandemic that goes with it 
have sparked some new interest in backyard gardening as people want to be in charge of their own food and vegetables. Pawn shops are expecting a big business during this big economic downturn. People are pawning to pay bills, they say. Interestingly, about 75% of all pawns are paid off. It's a signal that pawn shops are actually a sort of banking system of last resort, or first resort, depending on how you look at it, especially for what pawn shops call the unbanked or underbanked populations, people that don't have credit cards, don't have savings accounts or checking accounts. Pawn shops end up being a place where they can go to get the money they need in order to make it through the week every week. What you pawn depends on where you live. Guns are popular in the South, cars, especially in Florida, so it really does depend on where you are. Women pawn jewelry more than men. And diamonds, by the way, are about the worst thing you can pawn because you almost always think your diamond ring or diamond bracelet is going to be worth more than the pawn shop does. What will people do with stimulus checks is a good idea. You know, uh, there are various polls now that say that saving is the number one priority that people are identifying, and there may be some evidence that's true. If you go back to 2008, as I did, the grocery spending didn't increase at all because people were already pretty well stocked on their groceries, not everybody. But in 2008, with the stimulus checks that were running just a little under $1,000 per household, car sales actually rose. Not all new cars, but car sales generally. And durable goods rose more than clothing and shoes from the 2008 stimulus. Durable goods include things like electronics and furniture. Clothing and shoes didn't really increase very much in spending, only about 5%. Students are paying for empty apartments right now. Students were on spring break, and then, as you know, they were told that the rest of the semester would be virtual. On-campus students got rebates, but off-campus students have rents due and can't live in the apartments themselves, and so they're basically just paying for a storage locker every month. You know what's going to be an interesting story is for you to follow up on this. Not only are the schools saying, look, we really can't do anything to help you off-campus students, but schools are going to have to make a decision very soon, sometime in late May, early June probably, about what they're going to do in the next semester. Why? Because students need to know whether they're going to have to make housing plans, whether they're going to live in residence halls, whether they need to sign new leases for the next semesters. And schools don't want to be in a position to have to return money back to students as they've had to do in this last semester. So there are schools who are talking somewhat publicly already about maybe having a virtual semester in the fall. It's something to check on and keep your eye on because for many of your communities, your schools are a huge part of your local economy. Story idea number five is for you journalists to help parents learn to talk with their frightened children. Kids see and hear the adults' concerns. They know you're concerned about money, about job security. They know you're concerned about the spread of the virus. You might have friends and family who have grown ill. Level with the kids. Tell them what's going on. Be age appropriate, of course, but you can't just be silent. These kids miss their friends. They want to know when they're going to get to see their friends again. Is there going to be school this fall? They miss their teachers. They miss their grandparents and other senior citizens who are in their lives and are important to them. The experts say that we should focus on explaining to kids what the kids can do to stay safe themselves. How are virtual classes working out for kids and for college? I've taught quite a few students in the last few weeks. And what I've learned is professors don't like virtual teaching much at all. They feel that they're really distanced from their students. The students are disengaged. They're worried about the future. And learning just isn't happening at the same level that it would be if there were real classrooms. 
Elementary and high school teachers simply are not prepared for this on the whole, and there's a huge disconnect for kids without computers or without connections. Really seriously, is anybody talking about summer school to make up these days? Most states require 180 days of instruction, and we're not gonna come close to that. So are we just gonna pretend that we taught students for 180 days and call it good? Or are we going to get serious about teaching our kids and think about having classes into the summer. That is assuming that we are allowed to get back together again in the summer. The COVID-10. Nutritionists are telling us to expect Americans to gain weight during this stay at home. Why? Because studies show that accessibility to food is directly related to our consumption habits. The experts say that if you pack your lunch in a lunch bag, for example, when you're working at home and then just eat out of that lunch box, lunch bag, you won't eat as much because you'll only eat what's in the bag, just like you would at work. Don't eat where you work, especially if you're at home. Don't eat at the workspace. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I eat where I work, I'll be eating and working and don't even notice that I ate my lunch. That's not any way to be, and you'll overeat, you'll eat junk that way. Listen, take a break, just like you would at work, assuming you would at work, and you do, right? Take a break at work, your pets are going to get fat too. <laughs> Why? Because when you eat more, they eat more. They get snacks. This is going to be the summer of no internships. College students are telling me they're really worried about this. Students are frantic to get the experiences they need in order to be hireable. And you know, some schools require internships in order for the students to graduate. It's a good story for you, a terrible situation for the students. Story idea number 10, we're halfway there. What will be the summer job outlook for young people? You know, right now is when teens should start trying to lock down summer jobs, but there's nobody to talk to and no idea when there will be or if there will be summer jobs. The students are saying they don't know whether to take a risky job and accept jobs like pizza delivery and grocery stores, especially if they themselves have health issues, if they're immune deficient, or if they're living with people who are also immune deficient. More than that, there are lots of other people who are without work. There are retail stores, for example, who have had to lay off people and might not be taking on people during the summertime as they usually do. What's going to happen to things like theme parks, just as an example? What a mess, and it's going to be a summer of great uncertainty in the youth job market. Idea number 11, virtual strip clubs. Look, I'm going to go a little risky here, but strippers are saying that they're cashing in for a fraction of the work and none of the in-person creepiness. Uh, this was a headline that came from Rolling Stone with clubs closed for COVID-19 strippers in Portland, Oregon take to topless food delivery. Dancers are out of work in one Portland, Oregon club and they figured out a solution, have them deliver food topless while wearing surgical masks. Uh, coronavirus pandemic inspires Las Vegas strip club to offer drive-through shows and so on. Look, it's a story and it's a story that people I think would be interested in mostly because every business regardless of what it is, is trying to find a way around all of this stay-at-home business. What exactly is an essential business, by the way? It really does depend on where you are. Medical marijuana, for example, has been widely recognized as an essential business. But what about alcohol? There were some states, for example, that tried to shut down alcohol sales, but then there were concerns raised for people, for example, who had addictions and they would be instantly shut off from alcohol sales. It almost certainly would have prompted illegal alcohol sales. So alcohol largely has been seen as an essential service, liquor stores, grocery stores, and so on that can sell alcohol. 
What about pet grooming? I've heard from people who have been complaining that they need, want to take their pets to the groomer. They consider it a health issue with their pets. Are pet groomers an essential service where you are? And oddly, dry cleaning. I've been seeing a lot of dry cleaners open, and I don't quite understand why dry cleaners are an essential service, but somebody somewhere must have an answer. Story idea number 13 is exercise equipment is selling big. Basic weights are number one, but big companies like Nautilus, for example, have told stockholders that there'll be an 11% increase in the first quarter from 2019 in overall sales. Peloton's apps have been downloaded five times more in March and April than they were in February. Now, one reason for the increase might be that Peloton is allowing free downloads of their app for now. So when people start paying for it, we'll see if they're willing to pay for their fairly expensive use of Peloton. But it is an interesting story. People staying at home without a gym to go to actually are buying basic exercise equipment. Number 14, in praise of nurses, nurses actually do rock. It's interesting, I went back and looked, for the last 18 years, Gallup polling has said that nurses have been ranked as the most ethical profession. Far more than doctors, way more than journalists. For 18 years in a row, nurses have been ranked as the most ethical profession. And now, with all the attention they're getting because of their heroic work, I wonder how all of this is going to affect applications to nursing schools, for example. I'll bet they'll be way up. Are animals acting strange? I've seen photographs like this one out of Denver where a herd of elk showed up on a golf course. I've seen lots of photographs of coyotes and bears and deer and all sorts of things walking down city streets. The real question is, are they doing something weird because of the coronavirus outbreak? There was a biologist from Colorado's Wildlife Service who said that it's probable that since we slowed down, we're just noticing wildlife more. But it's also possible that they go, the animals, go where we don't go. So if we're not using walking trails, for example, or parks, it's possible that wildlife might go there because there's good food on the golf course. It's also possible that bears and raccoons and so on that have been picking out the garbage that we've left behind have to now go places they normally don't go in order to find the food. So there could be lots of reasons for this, but it almost certainly isn't that they're detecting something having to do with the virus itself. Will there be a baby boom? The answer is probably not. Contrary to urban myth, 9-11 did not produce a baby boom. If anything, it was a tiny baby blip. There's a fair amount of research on this from Oklahoma and also from a researcher in North Carolina. And they went back and looked at the birth rates following 9-11 and found really nothing at all unusual, statistically speaking. But booms do sometimes happen. Oddly, there was a baby boom around Oklahoma City and in Oklahoma County, where there actually was an increase in the birth rate after the Oklahoma City bombing. And there are kind of complicated reasons for this, but one of them is, is it seems as though there's something uh, about being human that when there is a threat that there won't be future generations, then we are more likely to regenerate. We're more likely to have children. It's sort of a replacement theory, as dark and odd as that sounds. But 
Things like tropical storms and temporary power outages sometimes produce little baby blips. Mostly it's because we know that it's not going to last and we know that long term this really doesn't amount to too much. Hurricanes and evacuations, though, statistically do not produce baby booms. Why? It seems as though running for your life isn't a signal that uh, maybe we ought to you know, start new generations of humans. There is no reason to believe that a pandemic will make people think that having a baby is a great idea. Story idea number 18, prom dresses on the porch steps. I saw this from the Argus Leader newspaper. It said this, the Argus Leader is working on a photo project on how the coronavirus has affected high school experiences such as prom. We're putting together a collection of photos of high school girls in prom dresses on their front porches. If you're interested in wearing your dress and having your photo taken by the Argus Leader photographers, send an email and so on. I think it's a terrific idea. You know, these young people are losing out on some very significant experiences that were right on the verge of happening, and now they're stuck. And so how are we going to document this? And I think these are terrific ideas to do something like this. Story idea number 19. Let's hear the speech from the valedictorians that they never got to give. How will you recognize the top students who were robbed of their big moment that they've worked for all of these years? Whether you're radio, television, online, print, it seems like a great idea to recognize those students who have worked so hard for this big achievement. Recognize their work. Allow them to publish or recite their speech to you. Give them the platform they deserve. Story idea number 20, and this one got a lot of traction on the Pointer website. The one group that will not get stimulus checks, child support deadbeats. Under a 1996 law, the Treasury Department operates a program that allows it to collect overdue child support by cutting or withholding federal payments as an offset. State child support agencies share information with the Treasury Department about people who are behind on payments and the amounts so people who are behind on their child support payments and are in the system for the Treasury Department to send uh, tax refunds, for example, to the state agencies won't be getting the stimulus checks. Well, there you are. 20 COVID-19 story related ideas in about 20 minutes. And I hope they're helpful to you. Join me on my email every morning, Monday through Friday, in your inbox by 6 a.m. Eastern time covering COVID-19. Find it on the Pointer website. Okay. If you have a question for Lane or would like to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Or find us on our Facebook group. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Allison Graves. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.